Welcome back to Project Future. I'm your host, Jasmine Valentine, and today's episode is going to be about why your business is struggling and how to fix it. All right, so I think I mentioned this in the last episode. This episode is going to be a little more polarizing than some other episodes I've done. (laughs) And that is because I'm going to go over why a lot of businesses are struggling. And this is not going to be the normal. um, It's not going to have anything to do with marketing or product or your service. It's all going to be about your team. A lot of businesses, um, they focus on the client and they focus on the product or the service and not their team, not realizing that their team is their success. Because without your team, you cannot have a business. There are very few businesses that you can run sustainably without any employees at all. That includes freelancers and contract workers. I mean, any employees at all in your business. All right, so this episode is going to be the first if I were to consult, and essentially I'm consulting every business, like, in the world. (laughs) And for this, usually when I consult a business, I talk to them about uh, their goals and their pitfalls and those things so that I can gauge good advice for them. But from this one, I'm taking the stance of all employees, right? And I've been an employee many times and for various different businesses. And I know a lot of people who are employees and I can say with a lot of certainty that most businesses see their employees as a labor cost and as a liability rather than an asset or a human being. And they look at how can I lower my cost, which essentially means you're asking us to either work for less or produce more with what you already give us, or you're asking us to take on the burden of the like the profit margins, right? So like you're gonna ask us to work beyond our means or you're going to ask us to do things that are not in our job description, right? Or you want to squeeze the most out of us, right? So like when you think of your employees, you're like, okay, how do I balance like the cost and the productivity, right? So when you go in with that mindset, you're automatically putting a barrier between you you and your employees because our lives are in your hands. Like, they're literally in your hands. Our livelihood is with you. So if you look at us as a cost, as a liability, then you're not going to treat us as an asset that is fundamental to your success, which it is. There's no business that can outmarket their employees. There's no business that you can um, do enough PR and get over your bad customer service. There's no way to punish your employees into being star employees. There's no way to do that. So 
you have to start looking at your employees as your very best asset. And I do mean on every level because we are the people that speak about your business the most often. Even if you have like ambassadors or influencers do a commercial or a post or whatever, or if you have actual commercials or if you have Facebook ads or whatever, if when I talk to your employees, they give me a like a very bleak story of your company, that's going to sway me a lot more than your ad. So if every time I talk to an employee, they hate working for you, with you, or for your company, depending on how smart your company is, when I look at a company, I look at the bottom and the top, right? So like if it's... So, So I look at the people who get paid less, who have the least according to your hierarchy in your business, have the least significant job. So I'm going to look at the cashiers. I'm going to look at uh, the housekeepers. I'm going to look at the janitors. I'm going to look at the people that you don't consider when, when you think of your team. Okay, so those are like the extra people that you probably don't really think about. You think of the salary workers. I'm talking about the hourly workers, right? So these people are fundamental to your company. Absolutely fundamental, Okay. And if I talk to them and they don't have good things to say, that gives me a, a pretty clear picture of the health of your business, right? And then I need to talk to the people who work the closest to you. So if the people the closest to you are afraid of you, they're afraid to talk about you, or they're afraid to say anything bad or talk to me at all, then there is a huge problem. Okay, and if when I look up reviews, I see a lot of like I left because of the CEO or I left because of management or I left because um, just the atmosphere. It has nothing to do with the actual job that they were doing. They left because of you or the people you hired to manage them. That is a huge problem because the all of the problems and solutions come from the CEO. Your view will bleed throughout your entire company. So if you believe people are always out to get you, you will hire that way, right? You won't hire the best people. You're going to hire the people that are least likely, likely to fuck you over or that you believe that you can exploit before they can fuck you over, right? Or if, because I've looked at some businesses and when they started their business, they hired friends and family and they played favorites with them. So... Um, when someone else would come in, they would favor their cousin or they would favor their brother before they, so like they would give them extra hours or give them full time and better opportunities versus the person that they hired on that was a stranger, right? So like when their business got going and even at, you know, multiple millions of dollars a year, that is still bleeding into their company, right? They never fixed that problem because they hired their friends and family who also hired their friends and family even when they scaled up, right? That problem was never fixed. So you can tell the health of a business from many different angles, but you get the clearest picture from the employees, okay? And a lot of CEOs, they hear their employees and they think that that's a normal thing that a business should be going through, that there's complaints from your employees about, you know, pay or working conditions or whatever because that's the industry standard or because that is a standard in your city or your field or whatever. That 
shouldn't be how you handle that, right? Or if when a problem comes up, like a serious problem, your first instinct is to bury it or cover it or not let it leak, that's going to put your employees in a position to not trust you and to be much more likely to go to your competition or just leave the industry altogether. So you could be losing a good employee depending on how you handle issues, right? So different fields will have different issues. But like I'm sure when you're hearing this, you're thinking of like, oh yeah, this came up and this came up and I really hope that never comes out. Or my employees talk about this, but I kind of hope it just fixes itself or I hope someone else fixes it. When you When you hear things like that, you need to tackle them. Okay, you need to address them and handle it like the leader that you are. Because, like I said, these employees are literally putting their lives in your hands. Like I'm talking about you look down and you see that that's their life, right? Because they spend so much time at your company and hopefully your job is the only one that they need. So that's their only form of income because... The working class and under, they usually only have one form of income, right? So they don't have multiple streams of income like many CEOs do or entrepreneurs. But so you need to look at it from that perspective that if you were in that position, if this was your only income, what would you want, right? So like you would want a leader that cares about your safety and pays you well and those things. So those are just some things to think about as I go in more polarizing uh, ideas in this podcast. All right, so one question you have to ask yourself is how are your employees or your prospects experiencing your company? So what is, this is more a little bit more marketing, but like what is your brand? What, like when they think of your company, what do they think about, okay? And what kind of state of mind would they be in when they apply? So if you offer dead-end jobs, they're going to be desperate. You're, you're, you're literally pulling in the desperate people, okay, that literally just need a job and will likely leave you when they get a better opportunity, okay? Or are you offering actual careers, which, is, which means that there's room for growth in the company, including higher wages and positions with more status, right? So look at that and then look at what is the interview process like? Like, is it very quick? Is it long? Is it dragged out? Do you wait months to tell them yes or no? Do you sometimes never tell them no and they just don't know? You just ghost them? Or is it just a phone interview? Are you hiring online? Like, what what does it look like, right? How do they apply? When do they apply? Do you do it in batches? Do you do it as needed? What does it look like? Are you very clear on your job posting what you're offering? Do you put the pay? And do you stick to it, right? And do you put like a clear job description? Do I fully know what I'm getting myself into when I apply? And then when they work for you, what is that experience like? There's one company that I was involved in and 
the the higher up in the company that you were, the more um what is that like a review you got. So like they the CEO or the higher ups would randomly give you a performance review and if they didn't like your performance review if it wasn't up to their very high standards then they would dock your pay and that made it very hard for the people in the salary positions like these are people who um the ceo when he would when they would talk about the company would talk about, like, those are the important people, right? So he knew that he needed these people, but he was so greedy that he just wanted to dock people's pay. Like, he also did this to, like, the the people at the bottom of the company. He would take part of their, um, I'm not, they didn't take part of their pay necessarily. It's just they started lowering how much they would get for the service that they did, right? And that created a lot of strife in the company. People left for their competition, and it was a it was just a mess. Like the when when so if you would talk to the people who were closest to CEO, they were very afraid of being reviewed and being deemed not worthy of the pay that they're getting. Or their hours would be docked or something. Or they would get a lot more responsibility and have to prove themselves when they've already proved themselves. And it was just a very chaotic environment to work in, right? And this CEO mostly only cared about scaling up and getting awards. And not necessarily building a good foundation. So for this company, I... Like, you can generally tell the health of the company, right? So, for this company, I believe what's going to happen is that they're going to get so big that they cannot sustain it and it's going to collapse, right? And they're going to fight very hard through that whole time. And they're going to be very surprised when that happens. They're going to be super surprised when the company crumbles, when it literally collapses within itself. Because they're only focusing on getting accolades and getting awards and looking good for people outside of their company. And that isn't the way to go. So if you're doing that, that's one like that's a big warning sign. So if your employees aren't saying with pride of what they do and who they work for and the company they work for, um, that's a big issue, right? And if you're randomly, you know docking their pay or changing up their job description or they don't even know what their job description is that's a big warning sign that you need to probably restructure your company a little bit all right so the next thing would be what do you consider about your employees so when you create a job posting when you create a job right a position in your company what do you consider about your employees Do you consider that they only have one income? Do you consider that they might come in with no money in the bank so that they cannot buy the professional attire that you're acquiring? Or do you consider them already having a car and with what you pay them, could they maintain a car, right? So if their car breaks down, are they just fucked? Or do you pay well enough that that wouldn't completely fuck them over in terms of like they could still pay the rent and fix their car right do you consider whether or not they take the bus 
and do you consider that they might have student loans or bills, right? So like rent and all those things. So think about that. And then also, do you consider there other options? So what do you consider when you write your position, like your job posting, or when you tell someone to write your job posting, do you consider that these people have other options? Is it a no-brainer to work with you? Is it is it an irresistible offer to work with you? Or if I looked on Indeed.com, would it look like every other position on there? Would it look like every other thing on that board, right? What what would incentivize someone to work for you rather than your competition? Or in another field, right? So if you have an entry-level job, right? So what what is the reason I would choose um, your cashiering job versus like, um, I don't know, a cleaning job over here? So I could switch different careers or I can switch different fields. Why, why would I choose your job over all the other jobs that offer the same pay? Or... Do you offer more pay for the similar job, right? Do you follow industry trends which are honestly exploiting employees? Or are you setting the new standard of quality positions in your field, right? So think about that. And are you assuming that they're already well off, right? So... Are you, so if you require, like, business attire, if you require, like, certain shoes, like, non-slip shoes, or a uniform, anything like that, like, do you assume that they have money in the bank? That they can actually go out and buy at least a few outfits to work for you, right? Um, are you assuming that they have a car? If your pool of employees that you're looking at, like your uh, prospective employees, you're requiring them to have a car, you're already getting a very different pool of people than if you looked at people who didn't have a car too. Because the best employees might not have a car. So you're, you're, you're trying to take from the same pool that all your competition is. And that might not be a good idea because you're offering the same thing they are. So it's a toss-up of who they're going to choose, right? And they're not going to be necessarily loyal to your company if they happen to choose you, right? And so when when you're assuming that they're well off in terms of like, when you create your, your position in your company, are you assuming that they have another income? So with the income that you're providing, could they pay all of their bills and be okay, right? So if you're offering, let's say, part-time hours and like $10, $12, there's no way that that person could have their own place. There's zero ways. Not even with a roommate could they have their own place with that little hours and that little of a pay, no matter what position you're offering, okay? Don't assume that they're just uh, a teenager who wants extra money. So if you want someone who is qualified, then you need to pay that. You need to pay for that expertise, right? So the next thing you should consider is what are you offering, right? So what are the incentives to choose you over anyone else? It should be a no 
brainer to choose your company. Your company should be the one that when they apply, they are super excited to even get a callback. They feel like they are blessed to get that callback, to have a shot at your company, to have a shot at that position, okay? So that's what it should feel like when they apply. And when you think of your ideal candidate, would they even apply if they saw that job posting, right? Or if they talk to other people who work for you, would they still apply? These are things you need to consider, okay? And things that you, you should be offering, the very first thing is a living wage. And that does not mean barely scraping by. That does not mean they need a roommate in order to pay rent. That doesn't mean anything like that. And it also, living wage doesn't mean you're gonna, they're gonna be rich, you know? There are positions that you should get rich um, when you work it because of how much training and school you have to go through, like a doctor, right? They're considered rich, right? So they make six figures or a lawyer, something like that. But every position in every company should be paying a living wage, okay? And... And then also, like, if you require expertise, so, like, if you require uh, a bachelor's degree or certification or even a master's degree, you better not be offering $11 an hour. You better not be offering $15 an hour, okay? If you require a master's, a master's degree. That person has so many student loans. You better be offering uh, way more than $15 an hour, Okay? Because even $15 an hour is barely enough to pay for rent in any state, right? So minimum wage, this is a little tangent, but minimum wage doesn't cover rent in any state, according to CBS reports, okay? And even $15 is barely enough. According to CBS, $17.90 is, will pay for a modest bedroom. And then $22.10 is for a two-bedroom. Because the standard uh, for housing, the standard income for housing is 30%. So if you pay your employees, imagine they take about a week's pay. Could that cover rent? Right? So that's also from the National Low-Income Housing Coalition. Right? So think about that. You have to think about these things because this is what your employees or your prospective employees are thinking about. They're wondering, can I pay my bills? right? If they have to wonder about whether or not they could pay their bills, they're not focusing on your, on your, on your company, right? So if I'm over here wondering, uh, do I have to take on a second job in order to pay my bills? I'm going to treat your job the way you're treating this position, which is I'm going to offer the bare minimum to not get fired because you're offering the bare minimum for me to not quit, right? So, you need to have a higher standard if you want your business to thrive and not be struggling or be fucked if your key employees leave, right? So you need to be offering things that your key employees would need in order to focus on your business. So that includes a living wage and healthcare, right? Because in America, it's generally accepted that the employer, employer or the company that you work for offers insurance, okay? So if your company doesn't offer that, what's the difference between yours and your competition? There's not a huge difference. So if I'm sitting there with a, a cavity 
And that's all I can think about. I cannot offer good customer service. There's no way. There's no possible way that I can offer good performance in any position if I'm wondering whether or not my tooth is going to fall out. Right? All right. So another thing you should offer is a union. You should not be busting unions and you should be offering unions. Okay? And for some for some fields it's like it's not your business will have a union it'll be like the the field will have a union like my dad is in construction and his union is outside of each company and you you kind of apply to the union for them to send you workers okay so that's how that works in construction at least in Wisconsin and this is very important because your employees need to feel validated and heard and they need to feel safe Okay, and a union is something that will make them feel safe. Okay, because no matter how down to earth you are, no matter how much you never want to exploit your employees, no matter how of a good person you are, you are still the business owner. You, your, your main priority is your business. Okay, and their main priority is themselves and their family, and the union is made up of them, right? So their priority is each other, okay? So you need them to be able to feel safe in your company. And this is no matter your company. This is retail, this is food, this is whatever. They need to be unionized in order to feel safe, right? And heard. And the next thing is they need a set schedule, okay? There is very little reason to have a chaotic schedule. There is no reason why someone should close one day and open the next. That makes no sense. There's no reason why the schedule should change every week. Now, I know that one main reason why businesses offer that is so that they can have a set standard of skills on the floor at all times, right? So you have someone who can work each position at all times. A good way to solve that is to have a set schedule. Okay? And this will also free up the people who make the schedule. So like one place I worked at, it was the manager and the assistant manager who did the schedule. And it was a headache every single week. And it just made no sense why they have to do that every week. Okay, and when I worked uh, in college on campus, the schedules were set for every semester. Okay, so every semester we knew exactly when we were working and when we weren't. So one issue with a chaotic schedule is that employees might not show up because they think the first of all, they're not even sure what day it is. Right. And they think that they don't work today. Right? So they might be going off of last week's schedule or they might have been working the same schedule for a few weeks and then you switch it up. That is an issue. Okay? They don't want to be thinking about your business when they're not there. They want to know exactly when they're going to be there so they can get in the flow of it. And then when they're out, they can release it. They could, you know, worry about their family, their friends, their passion projects, whatever else they're doing. You shouldn't want your employees to be worrying about whether or not they work today and at what time, okay? Because at that point, you're going to have a high turnover rate. And a high turnover rate shows the health of your business, okay? 
If you have a high turnover rate, I can pretty much guess at the health of your business. Okay, also there's a huge potential that you're missing out on if you have a set schedule because one, that will set you away apart from your competition. So if you are, let's say, in um, food or retail or like the minimum wage general thing is that you have a chaotic schedule, right? Like in all entry level positions. But if you're like, we offer set schedules, you will have a lot of quality prospects coming to you, okay? That will instantly set you apart from all of your competition. And then, do you provide the uniform and equipment that your employees need? So if you do require, like, non-slip shoes, or you require um, business attire, or you require, like, certain equipment for your employees either for your employee or for your business, do you provide that? Are you requiring your employees, so like let's say um, the non-slip shoes, are you telling your employees, oh, well, over two or three paychecks, you're going to pay for that? No. If you require that, you need to offer that. That should be free to your employees. Your employees should not be paying for that because the entrepreneur or the CEO or the business should be providing everything necessary for that person to do their job, and that includes non-slip shoes and uniforms, Okay. That's also another thing that when employees or potential employees are looking through jobs, that's one thing that they look for, okay? Because they're never going to use, what you, like, the uniform ever. Especially some places, they require for you to pay for it, and then they'll take it. So, like, they'll require, like, um, a branded shirt or a branded polo, and then at the end of, like, when they quit or get fired or whatever, they'll take that, which I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to me. Also, do you offer full-time? Not only a set schedule, do you offer full-time? Okay? Because people need full-time. You need to offer that in every position in your company. There's no reason why all or most of your positions are part-time. And I know that a lot of businesses offer that, offer only part-time, because at a certain amount of hours, they have to provide insurance or health care. And you want to cap them before they get near that. So if at 35 hours you have to give them insurance or health care, then you cap them at 25. So even if they pick up an extra shift, they'll still be around 30. So you still won't have to give them insurance. That is unethical. And that is the reason your turnover rate is so high. And that is the reason why your business is struggling. And then... Do you offer job stability? Okay. What kind of system of punishment do you have? So if someone is underperforming three times, they're out, right? Or if the manager doesn't like them, they're out. They're late because they have children and they don't have a car, they're out. One one really... Ingenious way, I say ingenious because my sister thought of this, uh, to completely eradicate people being late is feed them. Offer them breakfast before their shift or lunch, depending on when they start, right? Offer them food before they start their shift and they will never be late. Make sure it's good food, not the same food every time because over a few weeks they're going to be like, I don't really care, right? And some people don't like to eat breakfast, (laughs) but offer them something like coffee, something free 
free, something that they never have to pay for, they never have to pay you back, and you will have either no or little amount of people that are late, right? So that will solve the issue of people being late. Also, if they dip out right at the end of their schedule and that's an issue for you, offer them food for when they're done, like a snack or something. Then they won't leave right away, right? But there's no reason to stay past your schedule time. There's no reason for an employee to do that, especially if they're hourly, right? So, that's that's also another thing you should offer. I personally think that you should off, also offer food when they're working. So, ideally, you're offering full-time. So, they're working eight hours. You should offer them lunch or whatever the middle meal is, right? So, if they start, if they do, like, let's say a nine-to-five, you should be offering lunch for all of your employees every day, okay? I... I know a lot of people in the food industry, and I used to work in the food industry, and it really sucks when you're serving food all day and you're not allowed to eat it, ever. Like, you have no idea what it tastes like. And another thing, if you are a food company, right, so you're a restaurant of some kind, even a fast food restaurant, do not offer a discount to your employees. Offer free fucking meals. There's no reason why you can't offer your employees a free meal. It's actually better for you if you do that because when the customer asks them, what's your favorite thing or what do you recommend, they can tell them because they've tried everything because they eat there every day. When my sister worked at a restaurant, she would go to McDonald's because their food was a lot cheaper and she worked for a competition, right? Because they didn't pay her well enough to justify even the 3 or $4 a day that she would have to spend at their food because it, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't worth it. It just wasn't. And it makes no sense. Your employees should not be something you make any profit off of from like, them buying food from you, right? It's, that's the first thing that they're going to tell people when they ask. Right? So a lot of people ask, oh, do you get a discount or do you get free food because you work at a restaurant? And then when they say, no, I get a discount, it's not really worth it, that automatically sets... I used to love the place that my sister worked at, and now I don't really go there because I know how they treat their employees. And that sucks. All right, so also, when you... So what do you offer your employees? Standard, you should offer respect, dignity, and safety, Okay. Those things should be standard. So, is it normal for customers to yell at your employees? How do you handle that? Right? That's respect and dignity and safety. That's all three. Right? And the dignity is, like, are you making them do things that you wouldn't do? Because you probably wouldn't do them because there's no dignity in it. Right? Especially if it's not their job. So if you're asking, like, a cashier to go scrub toilets, don't do that. That person, if they could, they would walk out. I promise you, that person will not stay. Unless they have no self-respect. Alright. So. A business is not only for you, but it is for society, okay? 
you can tell the health of a society based on the companies and the businesses within it, right? So, like, even our economic, the economic standard, like, in America, right? So, like, if the business's stocks go down, that automatically kind of brings down the cost and the quality of living and everything for the entire country, right? So, businesses and economics are very heavily tied to quality of life, right? So you have a responsibility to treat your employees well. And because, like I said before, their lives are literally in your hands. So you need to act like it. And one thing you better not be doing, because if you understood the, the sheer weight of that responsibility of that these people's lives are literally in your hands, you wouldn't be offering poverty wages. And if you offer poverty wages, your business is unsustainable. Point blank. If you offer poverty wages, you do not offer a living wage, which means that this person can have what we consider a normal life in America or wherever you're from. Your business is unsustainable and it is unethical to even keep running because you should not be putting the burden of poverty on your employees. Okay? So, again, you should be offering jobs that are ethical and sustainable, okay? If you are treating your employees like a liability, they will treat you like a liability, and your business will not succeed, okay? And if... When they come to you, you're requiring things like they're already trained or they have a few years of experience and then you retrain them to how you do it. That's also an issue. Okay, you need to train your employees pretty much like a clean slate. Okay. Because that is something that the business should provide. And it would make your business a lot more sustainable. Because you might be struggling because you cannot find people who have the amount of years of experience that you need or the education or whatever. Also, like I said, if you're offering $11 for a bachelor's degree, I hope no one goes to your business. I hope. I really hope that no one fills that position ever. I really hope that because that is unethical. That is highly unethical. That is actual poverty wages for anyone, especially someone who went to school for that. So, if you're wondering how I view businesses and how I view... uh, like, their role in society first. I mean, you just listen to this. But also go back to the Project Future Vision. And then if you want to know my background, go to the first episode. Okay? And if you want to get to know me a little bit more, like, personally, then I have two other podcasts. One is Manifest and Chill. The other one is Psych Chica, P-S-Y-C-H, another C-H-I-K-A. And you can find that on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, forgot what that's called. <laughs> I think it's called Google Podcasts. But 
I fully believe that there's a moral obligation once you become a CEO to treat your employees like you would treat your children, okay? The business structure that I subscribe to is that the CEO is the grandparent. Give me a second. It'll make sense in a second. The CEO, so you, are the grandparent, okay? And your employees are your children, okay? So you need to raise them into adulthood, okay? So this this would be the training, right? And this would be like their experience at your company and things like that. So this is you instilling, basically parenting your employees. Now, this does not mean you need to truly parent them like a parent would, right? But you still need to train them, okay? You need to, even if like, let's say they're a doctor, you're not going to train them in the medical field, but you are going to train them in your hospital, okay? So they need to know where the equipment is, they need to know where the supplies are, and they need to know each other, okay? Because they need to create a bond. Because your employees, their bond and their bond with you is going to be a clear indicator of the health of your business and the projection of your business, okay? So if all your employees don't know each other or they don't like each other and it doesn't really matter who they work with, that is a clear indication of how well your business is doing, okay? But anyway, so if you take care of your employees like children that you're parenting, right? So you're treating them with love and affection and care and dignity and respect and they're safe, stuff like that. Things that a parent should provide. And you're also offering positions that you would want your kid to have. Okay, so if you would never, if you, if your kid worked for you at the bottom of your company and you're like, why are you at rock bottom? That should really tell you something, right? Or anyone you care about, right? So if you wouldn't, for me, like when I imagine, um, job positions that I would offer, I imagine my dad working that because he's a single parent and he is a good man and a hard worker and he's smart as hell. And I know that him working a shitty job, a dead-end job, would be heartbreaking, right? And I know that these employees, they're human beings. They have families. Some people rely on these people right? You need to treat them like they're human beings, okay? Not a liability, not a cost, not a number, nothing like that. They need to feel truly taken care of, and that is your role as a CEO, okay? Or any leadership. If you're listening to this and you're a hiring manager or you're a supervisor, same thing, right? You need to take care of them. That is literally your role, And then your employees' roles, because you've raised them into adulthood. And now they can have their own kids. Now they're good human beings and, or good employees, right? And now they are competent enough to have kids, right? So I'm not talking about, like, uh, training them just enough so they could go out into the position, right? And interact with the public or figure it out themselves, right? I'm saying, like, 
like you're parenting them through college and they're a full adult, like 25, right? At the minimum, okay? And now they're, you know, going to start a family. And the family that they're going to have, so the kids that they're going to have is your clients and your customers. So you've trained your kids well enough so that they can, or you've trained or parented your kids well enough so that they could have kids, right? So they'd be good parents, Okay, because the point of a parent is to parent the kids, right? And the point of a grandparent, so you the CEO, would be to spoil the kids, okay? So the CEO should not be directly working with the clients or the customers. This is excluding if you're a coach, okay? You should be working with them, okay? But if you offer like a product or a service that is not directly one-on-one coaching or one-on-one interaction with your employees, or um, I mean with your clients, you should not be directly interacting with them, okay? You should train your employees well enough so that you do not have to micromanage them when they work with your clients. You should not have to um, jump in the conversation and redirect it. You should have already trained them to handle this, okay? They should know the policy of your company. And the policy should not change. That should not... The pricing of things shouldn't change. Um the the rules of things shouldn't change okay if they change it's because you know something happened or you gained insight or something and the the previous thing didn't make sense but it's not going to change every time they ask you it's not going to change every week or every month or whatever or with every new employee okay there should be a clear standard of how to handle things and that is your job to help them not necessarily like they shouldn't be a robot and just regurgitate everything you told them. You should train them well enough so they can handle things that you didn't train them how to do because it's close to what you trained them and you told them the things that you deem important, okay? So if for you it's, let's say, like one of the companies I work for, um, their main thing was that the client or the customer needs to leave happy, Okay. And this was in food service, so if we took a little long to get their food out, we gave them an extra dessert. It was no questions asked, we just gave them an extra dessert, like a cookie or a muffin or something, because we wanted them to remember that even if we mess up, we got you, and we love you, and we want you to come back. You're part of us, right? You're part of our family, okay? So your employees need to know that. I did not have to ask my manager if that happened. I just knew give them a donut or give them something, right? I didn't, I don't have to be micromanaged, okay? So you're, that's also a clear indicator of your business. Do your employees need to be micromanaged? Or are you micromanaging them when they do not need to be, okay? So the structure of the hierarchy would be, right? So you're the grandparent and you have kids, which are your team, And you train them and parent them and love them and give them an environment in which they can thrive, right? And until they become competent members of the field or society. And then they have kids, which are your clients and your customers. And you, if you, I saw this uh, one time when I was on social media. Um, If you parent your kids well enough, you won't have to parent your grandkids. Okay, so if you're constantly having to, you know, like micromanage them or 
take the responsibility off of them for some reason, you didn't train them well enough. You did not parent them well enough. Right? So. That, if you follow everything that I said, right? So I know that some people are going to listen to this and be like, well, I can't offer, you know, $20 an hour. Like, why would I give a cashier $20 an hour or someone who, uh, people talk about, um, uh, skills, right? In the business world, they talk about like it's low skill or something like that, right? So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, it's a business, the, the main thing should be profit, The why would I pay my employees a living wage? That's like $15 or $20, depending on who you listen to. Um, why would I do that? I can get this person over here and they could work for $8 because that's the minimum wage or it's like $7.25. But I, get, I can get someone to work for $8 or less, right? Well, you're going to get an employee that's willing to work for $8. They will do the absolute bare minimum because that's what you're offering them. They will reflect to you where you're giving them, okay? So if you do the bare minimum and you offer things that no one who has any self-respect would ever accept, then you're going to get someone who reflects that. That's up to you. I'm I'm definitely not saying that everyone who listens to this should offer this or will offer this, right? But this is what I'm this is what I'm saying why your business is struggling. It is not a marketing problem, okay? It is not a PR problem. It is not a service or product problem. I promise you, there it might not be anything wrong with your product or your service. It might not be your building. Just because you're not in your the best building you would ever want, it's not that either. I promise you, if you treat your employees like they matter and not like there's something that you have to tolerate, then they will give back to you tenfold. The loyalty that they will give you, the productivity that they will give you, the ideas that they will give you, oh my God, it will be more than worth it. And if your business, let's say, for example, if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, I can't pay my employees living wage. Or it's not an industry standard. Why would I pay a waitress $20 an hour? In my industry, it's $2.13 an hour, right? A tipped worker. That's what they make, $2.13 an hour. And they rely on tips. Okay. Um, so if we go to the, uh, for let's say, like you can't pay your employees. Like you're a mom and pop shop. You're a small business, right? You're just getting started. You can't pay a living wage, Right? Then you, don't de- then you don't deserve employees. If you can't provide a living wage, you don't deserve employees. Your employees should not take on the burden of poverty for your business to work. Your business, if it pays poverty wages, which is anything below the living wage, is unsustainable and unethical to be a business, okay? And it does not deserve to exist. So there are two things that is going to happen or is, or is happening with that kind of business. One, you are not bringing in enough revenue, okay? Your business simply 
does not bring in enough revenue. Your business model needs to have a f- various different forms of income, okay? This I will go over in a future episode because like I said in my first episode in my background, I have quite an extensive background in marketing, okay? So I will talk about that. But your business, if you can't pay a living wage to every single one of your employees because you do not make enough money to support that, your business is unsustainable. And there are ways to help that. That is not like a death sentence for businesses, okay? But if you're not willing to change that, if you're not willing to switch up your business model and add other ways to bring in money, I can, when I work with clients, like the things that I notice is one, they don't believe in their business enough that they believe that other people will pay something else for it, right? So like if I like I work with a cleaning company and um, that's not Vacasa. I'm not talking about Vacasa right now because <laughs> I know I mentioned them before, but um, like in previous uh, in previous episodes, I'm not talking about Vacasa right now. I'm talking about a different cleaning company. The only income that they had was their workers going in to a client's home and cleaning the home right? And I offered many different ways for them to make an income outside of that, right? By not physically going into a place and cleaning it. There's very other ways, like she's an expert in her field and there are various other ways for her to have made income, right? And she didn't do any of it because she didn't believe that people would pay for her expertise other than physically going in and cleaning their house, right? And that is an issue of the psycho- the psychology of the business owner, right? The mindset. And that's why in Project Future, The Vision, I talk about you need a certain mindset to thrive, right? To succeed. And we couldn't, we just couldn't get past that. I offered a lot of different ways for her to get around that and it just, it didn't work, right? So either you don't believe in your business enough or your business model is simply unsustainable, okay? It simply cannot, like there's nothing, if there's nothing else you can do, right? It's unsustainable. You have to come to terms with that, okay? And maybe you partner with a different business that it is more sustainable and you can pay your employees living wage for it to make sense, all those things. There's other ways to handle that. But, so, like I said, one, either your business isn't bringing enough revenue, which is why you can't pay your employees a living wage. Oh, oh also for the cleaning company. Um, this affected her business because her employees kept leaving because they were not getting paid a living wage. Like one, one employee left because she, what she got paid weekly couldn't cover daycare costs. So it was costing her money to work. Um, and in her mind, she had to up the businesses and then be able to offer full time and then have enough, uh, 
income or revenue in her business to offer like a better wage not even necessarily living wage but a better wage like better for the industry standard I think she wanted to scale up to $15 an hour and that would have been great but she couldn't get any like a crew to stay long enough to get to five houses a day or six houses a day right so she has like a loop of like unsustainability right but so is the first so the first reason you can't pay your employees a living wage is one you don't bring in enough revenue okay for that to make sense or two you're taking too much of the profit you're exploiting your employees so you do have enough revenue coming in but you don't want to give it up you don't want your profit margins to lower Maybe that's because specifically you, like you're a small company, you want to be able to live a good life. You want to be able to buy an investment property. You want to be able to buy a new car or go on vacations. Great. That's great. Um, But your employees are in poverty. And like I said before, that's unsustainable. Okay. And your business will crash and burn if it's unsustainable. Okay. Um... Or because you have, like, shareholders or somebody that's telling you you need to up the profit margins, right? That one's a little harder to get around, right? But if it's your business, you could still change the structure of it so that you pay a living wage, right? So so basically, the only two reasons that you don't pay a living wage is because... It's unsustainable. It's an unsustainable business model or you're greedy. You're simply exploiting your employees. And neither of these are a sufficient reason why you don't pay a living wage. I don't care if it's industry standard to pay that. I don't care if it's the uh, standard in that city or I really don't care why. All I care about is that you pay a fucking living wage. And that's part of what this podcast is about. So I want to make sure that everyone can pay a living wage and can work for a living wage. That is my utopia, right? Like, part of it. (laughs) Is that you're not one degree away from homelessness when you have a job, right? That it shouldn't be that big of a deal to ask for that okay it shouldn't be that big of a deal to ask for a living wage for human beings okay because i get it you started your business because you want to have a life of freedom i get it you want to have one of those laptop businesses that you can be on the beach and working Or you could have someone work for you and they sustain it for you and they're working. You don't have to do the grunt work anymore. I get it. I really do. But it has to be sustainable. And ethical. And I promise you, the better you pay and the more ethical you are, the more sustainable your business model, the more profit you will have. Like, if you look at Costco versus Sam's Club, Costco pays living wage. 
And their profits are really good. I mean, personally, I'd rather shop at Costco anyway because they have a better selection and all that stuff. But there was, um, I remember when I was in college, there was this huge debate over um, uh, the CEO, like, basically coming for Walmart and Sam's Club, um, that they don't pay their people living wage, and that they do. And they're, like, the, the media from that, the media coverage of that went up, like, made a lot of people go there. Right. So like it increased their profits a lot, because if I know like as a consumer. Right. So if we talk about consumerism now as a consumer, if I know that you treat your employees badly or unethically. I will not shop there anymore. I do not care how good your or necessary your services. I will go to your competition if they do it better than you. Okay. And depending on what it is, if no one treats their employees well, I won't even buy anything in that anymore. Right? Like, you look at, like, um, Uber and Lyft and this huge controversy before the 2016 election came out about that Uber, the CEO, was funding Trump, uh, like, his campaign, right? And they got boycotted, right? And then everyone flooded to Lyft, Right. And then after that, you learn that Lyft employees make a higher percentage of the fee than if they do on Uber, but they get more rides on Uber. Right. Because it's a more well-known company. But once Lyft, you get the same amount. Uber's going to have a very hard time catching back up. Right? It's very hard. Like, people talk about, like, any publicity is good publicity. Not necessarily. If you are an actress or if your business relies on, like, you being in the public eye and being relevant, yeah, great. Too harsh and you're going to get, you know, booted out of Hollywood. But for a business, bad publicity isn't always good. Right? Like, it's not always a good thing to be in the public eye. Sometimes it's very bad for your business. Like, it could literally crash and burn and a lot of the reason is because of how you treat your employees or your customers and your employees are the ones who are dealing with your customers so treat your employees well and they will treat your business well they will handle it with the same amount of dignity and respect that you give them okay all right so If you want to hear more about business in general or there's going to be other episodes later about marketing and just like um, I'm going to discuss uh, more things that are kind of polarizing. So like um, like poverty in general and uh, stuff like that. Uh, Please subscribe and you can hear all the future episodes and the next episode should be another so this one is the first episode of if i were to consult and this one is if i were to consult all businesses right and the next one should be either my friend rosie's business or snow the product so hope you enjoy those two (laughs)